0: on heron's home podcast i'm your host karee robertson alongside my soundman extraordinary rico g what's going on everybody how y'all doing and we've returned for episode 156 welcome everyone yeah welcome back yeah technically i guess this is a season finale because uh this is be this would be the end of the sixth cycle of 26 episodes that we've done so nice yeah thanks for keeping up with us everybody you know what i mean seven yep coming up for you man and during next season, we're going to be doing a lot of great movie re- reviews because let me tell you, man, <laughs> the movie, yo, second <laughs> half of 2021 for movies is about to be baller. Yeah, I'm with
1: that. Like, I like that. I guess that's the one good thing about COVID. The the All the studios are like, yo, we need to give them a reason to go into the theaters, dog. We need to give them a reason. So like every every movie trailer that's coming out has just been bangers after bangers. Oh my
0: goodness! Like and yeah, I think that they definitely had an extra impetus knowing that they're coming yeah. off of such a long hiatus for movies, uh, for in cinema movies that they'd got to come correct, or else they they might just tank that whole industry.
1: Yeah, they might lose that shit to online viewing,
0: which which like people are like, well, I don't mind this. This is kind of nice, especially since bigger TVs and nicer sound systems are becoming cheaper. Mm-hmm. and just that that's just you know the the encroaching of technology will <laughs> definitely outmode you but yeah looking forward to that so you've been getting into anything interesting this weekend
1: i didn't watch too much i was um i was finishing up my my mass effect run i did the mm-hmm. uh uh one full full run of all three games of a single character nice and that, and that was pretty dope that's that was pretty awesome
0: ganky. That's a lot quicker than I thought it would have been.
1: It turns out that um, uh, the games are pretty short and like I know like I know exactly what to do more (laughs) or less because I've played them so many times. But it was still so nice. I didn't remember shit about the third game. So going into it, it it was like everything was still like was fresh for me. So that was really, really nice.
0: I was watching something uh, on YouTube recently about Mass Effect and then. I thought it was really interesting. Like, do you remember the first time you realized in the, in game that the the ultimate bad guy isn't just that mercenary guy; it's a <laughs> yeah. whole fucking undead <laughs> empire about to wipe out fucking yeah, humanity. Yeah. Like, I can imagine. Like, I but love this is a good reveal. Like, of that. like,
1: uh, like slowly. Expanding the scope of the universe yeah. and the scope of the threat as you went. Uh, yeah, along. the scope
0: of the threat and the main villain. Yeah, because I was thinking about that, and I was gonna, I was gonna ask Jeff like the first time he was playing Halo, and he realized that the Flood was the actual bad guy. Like, because when they introduced the Flood in Halo, it's a complete and utter turn. Because you're fighting Covenant <laughs> the whole time, you know, guys shooting back at you, da 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 da, and all of a sudden you have this swarm of little bulbous aliens trying to 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 infect you, and like. Yeah, it's a total Surprise, change in the game. Yeah, so yeah, I, I thought that that uh, that that was always uh, something that's fun to kind of reflect on is like those those big revelatory moments in video games. And I know Mass S- Effect super had dope. one.
1: Yeah, it <clears throat> was also really nice too. Is like um, I played a, a Paragon on my first playthrough just because I thought it was easier. Because I don't know. I guess I I, I don't know. I guess I grew up since I played the game last, but. Playing as Renegade Shepard, I just feel like a dick. And I just, there's a lot of his decisions where I'm just like, ah, oh, I feel like that was way too heavy handed for what <laughs> that uh, that line would have suggested. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but it's I. Um, escalation, bro. Absolutely. Shepard is all about the turn up. It's really funny. He has like, Shepard has two modes. It's basically like, yell at you, uh, uh, Yell at you objectively, or yell at you very personally. Those are the only two modes, yeah. really, when he's like negotiating, or whichever gender you happen to be playing. But um, it was super nice, man. I it was what it got me wondering was how would the game differ, like based on some of the other dis- um decisions, because there's certain things that I'd never done before. Like I'd never on in the in the first game, you can you have a Krogan teammate. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you have the option whether or not you can kill him in the first one. Now I'd always like Rex's character, so I usually oh, and of course I had the um the 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 rep requirement to to pass the check, so it was easy to always just resolve the situation easily. But there's all kinds of fucked up ways that you could do that. You could have Ashley kill him. You could have fucking. You can just straight up shoot him in the face. And I was just like, man, but. What it got me wondering is like, how does that affect in the third game when you're trying mm. to cure the genophage and he's pretty much like the the driving force behind that? So it's that's just really dope. I really like that there's certain, um, I like there's different tiers of how decisions affect or how decisions ripple out into the third game. There's some that are just like super innocuous, like you'll mm. do a quest in the first one and then in the second one you meet up with that quest giver again. And the third one, you get like an email saying that they were indoctrinated by the Reapers, and then uh-huh. they did some stupid shit and got killed. And then there's other ones where, like, <clears throat> like just like the Genophage one, like I was telling you about, where like if you kill uh, Rex in the first one, he's not leading the Krogan in the second one. Hmm. So in the third one, if you try to get the the Genophage completed, it's much harder to do so. And also, you can apparently sabotage the Genophage. But then that one I didn't even consider because you know Rex is the homie. There's no way yeah. I'm gonna fight with someone. And like, save the galaxy with you, and then like, two weeks later, be like, hey, yo, fuck that dude, his entire race, bro. I'm gonna go bro, ahead and like, well, you know, exterminate
0: them. That's a, it's a really weird thing because I'm i 100% with you. Like, there's just no way I can create that kind of connection to someone and then just like, yeah, commit genocide fuck- on yeah. someone who, on their race. It's like, no way. But, um, you know what else has a turn like that? Invincible.
1: Yeah. So, to deal absolutely. with
0: the Viltramites, there's a, and I mean, I call it genocide, but there's only like a hundred Viltramites anyway. <laughs> but um it's still genocide in my opinion, because it's their whole race. But nonetheless, like there you have Alan, who's been fighting alongside <laughs> Nolan and 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 uh and Mark. So he knows that the Viltramites aren't inherently evil. The leader of the Galactic uh uh the Galactic Federation is a Viltramite. So he knows like He's worked with them very intimately. That he, you know, the, the leader of the Galactic Federation gave him his powers, and so all that stuff. And then when they, when they, they, they had the uh, the the plague, they, they, they developed the uh, the plague to wipe out the Viltramites. He was all gung ho about it. I was like, "Yo, my G." He was like, "Yo, isn't that your man's?" Even if
1: the humans get caught up in it too, it's all good yeah, as long as you get rid like, of the Viltramites. Yo,
0: he was willing to wipe out the humans too. Take it easy, Alan. Relax. Yo, I was like, man. I just don't, I, I guess they're definitely characters written by people who have way different ideologies than me when it comes to, to human interaction. Because I, I couldn't, I would never, even, I would, I can only purposely write someone poorly like that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I would have to like go out of my way to do something that I don't believe somebody would do. <laughs> yeah. That, that's Unless they so were faking up. the whole time and they tricked me. That's a different story. <laughs> Got him. That's a different story because I am, I, I being hopeful at my core. I tend to get tricked by things like that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're my friend. All right, you worked with me, and you we went on some crazy missions and helped each other out in battle. All right, cool. We should be solid, right? You know what I mean? You saved my life, so you wouldn't try to kill it, right? Nah. That was nah, weeks none ago. None of that man. means anything.
1: That was weeks ago.
0: That was that was last week, nigga. Why is you talking about last week, nigga? Stop bringing rivals up Rivals shit.
1: But other than that, I I actually played this um indie game on Steam called Gordian Quest. Which is actually mm. pretty dope I, I decided to get back into it it's a, it's in early access right now and they the part of the a, steam festival uh I got it before then but it's probably included in it yeah for anyone that has steam they're having their huge uh summer sale right now so is
0: that still on? I think it ends soon
1: it ends in July I oh, think okay. like July seventh I think or sometimes okay, so right a after week and, the, and a half yeah right after the holiday I think is when it's over but it's pretty dope it's sort of it's a it's an RPG rogue light and it's got like a lot of um it's got like heavy D and D elements in it, and it's got uh, what I, th- I think uh, eight or nine different characters that you can play as, which are pretty oh. much different classes. And it's been pretty fun, man. Like, um, I, I really like the new updates that they that they did to it, and I really appreciate the studio. I should probably look them up and give them a shout out because they're constantly updating this game. Like, I bought it maybe two or three months ago. What's played the it for like um so yeah yeah I played it for like maybe. Uh, I don't know, two three hours, and I was like, uh, isn't this, I don't really like it. It's not really my game. Not doing this, not and doing I just like you know, just put it on the back burner and forgot about it. And then I saw that they dropped some new, um, a new patch for it. And so when I went in there, it actually, I was like, well done, guys, good job. But whoever's been talking to you, you guys have been listening because all these new updates make it way play
0: way more playable than it was previously. Steam is more than just a marketplace it really is a platform for developers to help them along the latter stages of development. You know, it's not just a place for you to sell your game because, and then I'm saying this based on the whole structure of how they do early releases, betas and things of that nature. And the ability for a developer to take a working model of their game and get feedback from users on a platform platform, that is well maintained with a good user interface. That yeah. shit is fucking indispensable, my G. <laughs> yeah, it really is, and I, and I mean, I that's one of the reasons why I I really do hope that Steam is one of the companies that come out on top in the end of the uh the 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 developer wars that I'm predicting is going to happen soon because it's gonna it's Tencent is just too is too big and and all gracious. encompassing. You know what I mean? And attempting to dominate the global market in such a way that other developers are going to have to kind of try to counteract that. Because, unfortunately, when a company gets that big, just from what I have experienced with capitalism, they're going to start to squelch the market. It's like what Amazon did Mm -hmm. to of myriad of other online sellers it's like what facebook did to a myriad of other social media it's apps
1: what walmart did to mom and pops. it's what
0: you see what i'm saying so it's not just me being a dick and trying to attack capitalist structures there is a really you know detailed you know uh uh storied history of companies becoming this large and then destroying the industries in which they in which they dominate and so i really see ten cent uh as a entity that will soon force the rest of the market to mobilize against it in terms of whatever they can do to combat an entity like that, because this is a market war. So it's not like it's going to be, you know, waged in traditional ways, you know, it's probably going to, it's going to involve a lot of like buyouts and things of that nature. And so I hope that the industry can resist that force because Boy, I'm telling you, I just, I know that the games are going to be bad. (laughs) I know they're going to be bad once Tencent takes over. I am just, I am very, very convinced of that. I've never seen, like, a big corporation like that take artistic properties and really grow them. I've never seen a corporation grow artistic property, other than Marvel, I guess.
1: Yeah, no, Tencent is just going to keep making Tencent games. Just like EA has been making the same kind of games since... Like the 90s, like that's yeah. just how they, they, they have their niche and they have their lane. And I don't think they have any intention of switching over.
0: And see, and I, I wouldn't mind that if it weren't for the way that, this, you know, this competition typically plays out. You know what I mean? If, it would be one thing if companies became huge and they, they just let their competitors do their thing. And then they just maintained their size and profitability and growth through their services. But that's never what happens. It's only a matter of time till they start throwing their money around to video crush is, the little guys.
1: It, video games is special though because, like, you know, no one's really gonna play bad games. You know what I mean? And I don't not agree with that. every not every company can make those sort of shitty um um monetary monetization games. I don't. That's that's a very niche game type and a and a, a game market in general. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not everybody it really appeals to that. So no matter no matter how much a, a a game company wants to make that they're never going to go beyond that certain market share you know
0: my my opinion on that is that children will always play bad games and game companies will flood the market and grow their their market yeah, they, but will, children they will also train grow these up, children though. to play bad games and they'll they'll train them in such a way that they won't even like the uh, the, the the well-developed games because they'll just be too hard because they wouldn't have developed the skills necessary to be decent at games because of the games that they've been playing and that they were developed with were dumbed down. And I, mean, I I see think what that you're saying because it's
1: happening effect. now, but yeah. like I, like I said, I don't see it's going to of go... I, I, like, it, that is definitely happening now, but that's been happening since, like, online became a, and monetization of gaming became a thing, right? Like... Even though that's how it is, like Rockstar Gaming would not be able to survive on that model. Bethesda Gaming would not be able to survive on that model. You know what I'm saying? It's like see,
0: it, 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 this is what scares me about Tencent is that in the early environment, there was no way for EA to stomp out indie devs. It just wasn't possible. They didn't have that kind of control over the market, and that's what scares me about a Tencent is that it'll change the paradigm. And I'm proselytizing at this point. I'm 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 projecting into the future based on what we know uh, of what's happened in the past, and. Based on what's happened in the past, let's look at like what uh, a Blizzard Activision has done over the arc of their uh, of their history. And the thing is, is that you're correct from our perspective, but from the corporate perspective, they're so used to forcing their ideology onto their consumers that I just don't know if we can resist because we don't have a spirit of of not taking it you know what i mean like a, just a general spirit I see of not what you're saying but i I, I honestly
1: don't think the entire gaming community is gonna all of a sudden just switch over to playing shitty games just because that's what the market is delivering you No, know, it's
0: gonna be a slow transition over years i think and
1: i still don't think that it's gonna go beyond a certain point i don't think it's
0: gonna go far enough to be able to change the entire paradigm you know what i'm saying Ooh, okay i i, I guess that that's that's where we're, we're gonna just kind of diverge on opinion because this is just opinions based on, you know, future, future, um, guessing. So I'm not I I can't refute what you're saying. I just honestly think that I think it can happen. I mean,
1: like I said, I've, it's been happening, mm-hmm. but like, it still hasn't taken over the market. There's still I'm always the, paradigm, be the, 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 the,
0: we're, the, we're projecting into the future. So I'm assuming that we're, that this paradigm will be different. Like in our current paradigm, okay. I would totally you're,
1: you're right. It's just, we're, we're yeah. just seeing it two different ways.
0: Yeah. But, um. Yeah, I don't want to doomsay, but it don't look good to me. But you know that I I am an optimist, even though (laughs) I I am an optimist. I am glad that you think it's hilarious. No, I'm glad that you think that that it will never hit that point because that would be the only thing. Like if there has to be some kind of hard boundary there for them, or else I just see I don't see them ever stopping. Because the the thing
1: is, like art is a is um it's it's a it art inspires art right yeah people mm-hmm. don't get mm-hmm. into game design to make those shitty rote games that they're making people do that out of necessity i really hope they don't <laughs> they do that out of necessity to get to somewhere else right okay. Okay. so it's not like that's why i don't think that's why um i think the 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 creative aspect mm-hmm. of game making will always be the check to the corporate aspect of game making i think mm-hmm. they will always be fighting but I definitely don't think the corporate one can completely take over because we've seen what happens when corporate take completely takes they, over. It just run into the ground. Batman V Superman, the fucking, um, I mean, yeah, justice league, yeah. the, the yeah. non Snyder cut. I mean, right? I, I
0: agree. Batman versus that's Superman is also pretty poorly done.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what happens when the corporate takes over the creative. So mm-hmm. I think by its very nature, it will always run into that problem. It will always hit that limit of, I like some people are just like, dude, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. right no even if you've grown up to like that game people eventually grow out of um out of uh, what's the name of that stupid game that everybody used to play with the candy crush no oh, people candy crush. grow out of c- candy crush regardless of how it's still the addictive mobile an, game of and people still grow out of it yeah. yes they're still targeting the same children but Like, that market will always be that market, but at some point...
0: Their market is middle-aged women. That's the funny part. But anyway, who are acting like children. You're absolutely right. I would assume it's children. But at the
1: same point, you know what I mean? That's that market, and I don't think it's really... Mm -hmm. By its very nature, it can't go any further. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, It's like a whale, you you know? Because the whale is so big, it can't come out of the water because it'll collapse.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, its environment supports its body size. And so hopefully if the environment changes, that whale will die. (laughs) But, yeah, no. um, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I, there's definitely a lot of outcomes, you know what I mean? Um, video games in particular, I, I kind of hold it close to the chest because it's one of those art styles that has a really high technical bar of entry, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But because of that, people who, you know what I mean, who, who love it will work extra hard to maintain it, I think. Yeah, it's like wrestling. You don't get into it unless you really love it. It's not oh, an easy
1: industry at all.
0: No, 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 no. It's not and easy so, to get
1: into. It's not easy to make a living out of.
0: Because when I look at the music industry, I think of like, okay, this is similar to like the evolution of the music industry. You got your artists and you got your financiers. And that interplay has to work. You know what I mean? The artist has to maintain creativity and the financer has to make his money. And that balance is super important. And it might ebb and flow into who has more power at any given time. But it's got to stay in some kind of balance, right because yep. they one without the other it doesn't work but see the thing mm-hmm. is is that an artist if you're singing or rapping or even painting, you can produce your art without uh you kind of as an artist you you kind of have a gun in the fight because you can always produce your art without them mm-hmm. you might not be able to distribute your art, but you can always produce it without them and video game designers I think have a much harder time with that. They don't have that gun where mm-hmm. I can produce. I can produce my game without you, so I, I'll just make it and I'll I'll piecemeal it out and I'll give it to people who love it, and it'll just be a dedicated environment. It's like, but how are you going to make it? Because you need at least four or five other people to compensate for the skills you don't have that you need to make a game. And then then what's gonna happen? Oh, so you do need me. So you know what I mean? Like I hate that aspect of it that the artists I feel in the video game industry are beholden to the to the uh, to the financiers in a way that a lot of other artists might not be, so that, that's why I'm a kind of like I, I'm really mm-hmm. mindful and I'm, I think about it a lot.
1: Even still, mm-hmm. then you then you end up choking your artists to the point where they just don't make good art. You're still running into the same problem,
0: you know. And so, whereas I don't think that the labels could ever kill music, it <sighs> you can hurt video games very badly and put and put them into a state where it's hard to make good games. You know what I mean? Yeah, but
1: that, by its very nature, would only mean it's a matter of time before a good game came out.
0: Absolutely, and ah, and that kind of pressure—it's it's cyclical. That kind of pressure makes you know I'm diamonds. Saying? It's it's ah, oh, the games because it would cause all of the good indie developers to consolidate to be yep. able to pool their resources to actually make something.
1: It's always the, how it is, man. Whenever there's a gap in the market, somebody capitalizes on it.
0: Yeah, I just think that the and and, and this is not a a rebuttal of anything that I was saying i think that one like the music industry the video game industry is capable of much greater swings in power you know what i mean like the, the extremes are a lot greater in video games than you than you would see in other arts but yeah all right cool i thought that was a a nice in-depth breakdown of that but yeah man i've been uh trying to get into uh, uh this audiobook and man i, well, I should going say trying to i got into this audiobook and it's definitely sparked my desire to get into some other audiobooks. Um Nice. Cause I've been a huge fan of sci-fi my whole life, pretty much. Like ever since I was young, my, the first like franchise I ever got into was star Wars. Like I've always been a <laughs> sci-fi head, you know what sci-fi I mean? Sci-fi is
1: the shit man.
0: But you know, I, and I've always loved the world building and the lore and all of this stuff. You know, I, I, I me and Corey have read literally over four dozen star Wars <laughs> anthology source books you know what i mean like we got deep into the lore of 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 star wars but that's just to say i'm i'm a huge sci-fi fan and but i've never actually heard of this subsection of sci-fi called speculative zoology (laughs) it's pretty much what they call world building in sci-fi so whenever you know they they make a projection as to like what creatures on earth would look like evolutionarily in the future and so forth like that or the progress of humans and and uh uh anthropomorphically what we could become those are all ideas of speculative zoology and i've never heard it called that but i've definitely you know i'm familiar with the the trope of the progress of evolution past what we currently are in and uh man i stumbled upon one of i think my favorite sci-fi works hands down that i've that i've been able to listen to in a long time and it's by a a, a guy named cm cozaman Kozaman. he's a turkish author and and i heard an interview with this guy and he's an just an amazing artist in the way he creates because he likes to paint he draws he does he does uh his his literature things of that nature nice and uh his specialty is this kind of speculative zoology Uh, branch of sci-fi and so i listened to his book uh in uh called all tomorrows boy it's awesome and 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 it caused me to go down the youtube rabbit hole of course and (laughs) i didn't realize like so i guess the origination of this genre uh is attributed to hg wells with the time machine and you know i have to reread that book because it's absolutely not a long book and also I read that book when I think I was like 12 and boy, did I not get it? I did not get it. I'm I'm, I'm starting to understand why adults approach children in their complete and utter lack of knowledge. Because after having been reintroduced to the time machine by H.G. Wells and, 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 and revisiting the themes in it, holy fuck, I read this book. (laughs) <laughs> word for word, bar for bar, and I didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like, I totally yeah. didn't understand it. And it was like, wow, revisiting it was was a great hit of nostalgia and revelation, all mixed in one. And so, yeah, it was just, I, I really highly recommend checking out this audiobook, um, All Tomorrows by CM Kozeman. And it's just, it's, it's the next, just uh, think of it this way. Just imagine our era is a, a point in time. And then it details the next billion years of human history until the star, until until our star burns out. <laughs> and so. a man's got a detailed map. Bro, it's really, really interesting because seeing what he built and then going back and hearing the inspirations that he used to come to that conclusion is utterly awe-inspiring because he takes very human experiences and then puts them into a, uh, a time and space uh, perspective that, like, this guy is a genuine artist. Like, clearly, normal people don't think like this. <laughs> he is definitely expressing something inside of him that is unique and novel onto him. And so, yeah, it's, I highly recommend checking it out. There's um, all, are you familiar with Alt Shift X? No, I'm not. It's a theory page that talks about all kinds of sci-fi movies, uh, um, fantasy, and science fiction. Um, and theories and all stuff like that, but they they did a th- this book only exists as a PDF on some game speedrun <laughs> website, and so they did an uh, audio reading of it for the author on, and they posted it on their website. Nice. And boy, talk about un un like unrealized potential. This 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 piece, like if anyone if any reasonable uh, studio took hold of this piece. What they could create based on his narrative and images that he created would be, I think, a very popular sci-fi uh, uh, genre or genre, um, uh, franchise. But, yeah, take some time out. Check that out. But just, yeah, I, I love the idea of the possibilities. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I I thought that there was a lot of interesting things touched on in his future prospectus of what the humans could be. And it takes us according to to his uh his uh, delineation it's like several hundred million years Damn. before <clears throat> our society actually comes to the place because this is, all takes place in our galaxy and so at some point in our far future we actually manage to exit the galaxy and the first it takes a really long time before the first other sentient creatures that we meet in both species are willing to do peaceful contact but i do like that somewhere in the history on our galactic scale there is a peaceful inter (laughs) intergalactic uh 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 contact which i i thought that that was really hopeful i'm i'm i I know that like because i'm a big fan of the expanse as well we've talked about it before but like they every time like in that series they come into intergalactic contact it's always warlike and it's like you know at at some point we we should try to imagine a, a future in which we figure some shit out i
1: mean that's how that's pretty much the what the mass effect trilogy is about yeah i mean it started with a war but i think it was a misunderstanding which led to a war which was eventually squashed and then we started being a part of the the intergalactic federation
0: yeah and so, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Man, he had a really, like, creative idea of what ended up happening in the far, far future. And that is, is like, so there are, the first intergalactic contact that we had was not peaceful. And it was actually a species that viewed us like ants, essentially. <laughs> and so they moved through our solar system and pretty much... Saw these biological creatures and were like, oh, cool, we can do some fun stuff with that. And then seeded the rest of our galaxy with human like creatures that they had genetically altered and so forth. And so, but they had created those, they pretty much created animal versions of the humans so that they could, you know, they could sit there and be there for their entertainment. (laughs) But then they eventually left the galaxy and left those humans and those humans. Grew and evolved into species that then ended up contacting each other, and so that uh, that whole dynamic of the far uh, future of humans was really interesting. The way he described it, because like you know they become spacefaring societies and then come into contact with extraterrestrials, but they have human DNA, and so there's a whole mythos, and it's like it all it causes a re uh, a reemergence of religion before they figure out what actually happened, and yeah, it just. I, I love the the whole idea of imagining what the future is like. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I like The Expanse so much. It's a really creative uh, vision of what the future could be like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I love that as a juxtaposition to all of the apocalypse and end of world shit that had been coming out in the past 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know. I mean, there was both very, though. You know what yeah. I mean?
1: There was both. That's not the only and that's thing what I'm saying. that I I like that out. I like
0: that we have that balance. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. So that's all I've really been getting into. I've been jumping down that YouTube uh rabbit hole led me. Uh <laughs> definitely started looking at some stories uh for games in the past that after seeing how drastically different I had viewed uh HG Well's the time machine, I started just, you know, what you know, getting into uh trying to revisit things that I hadn't uh, explored in you know a long time because i'm old as shit now oh, and a like refresher. i could look there's shit that i really haven't revisited in, in 15 years 20 years almost you know what i mean like and that's you know i was 15 i was i was competent <laughs> i was you know what i mean i might not have been cognizant of the world but i was competent enough to read things and get meanings yeah. <laughs> and so to, just to see where i've evolved from since then it's been a fun ride it's been a fun ride but yeah definitely Let's go ahead and jump into some of these topics. Um, it hasn't been a whole lot. I know that the BET Awards just came by, and while I'm not a huge fan of BET, I am always interested in in seeing what pop culture is doing in hip hop because I do love hip hop. And so, yeah, you know, I don't know, man. They're really trying to force some of these 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 artists on us, and <laughs> it sucks because I I I don't know. It's it it was I don't know if it was better. When there was like a high bar of entry, you know what I mean? Like y- you could make music all you want, but the bar of entry to get into like the public scene was a lot higher. I don't know if it was better, but at least you knew that when you were getting some, some, you know, something from the mainstream, there was a certain level of production and skill behind it that, that had, just had to be present. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That doesn't exist no more. And the shit that they're forcing down your, our throats these days is just lowering the bar, lower and lower and leave it to BET to be that fucking that failed gatekeeper to say, hey, you know what? Yeah, let's just keep joining them and lowering the bar. Fuck, why not? But yeah,
1: low hanging fruit, man.
0: Yeah. And so I don't actually give a shit about the awards as much as I like to see the performances. They had a DMX tribute, which was really cool. Nice. Um, that was that was awesome. There was a lot of performers for that DMX tribute. I mean, and and, and this right, is something like, sense. right? They us, might be failed gatekeepers, but I hope that the young audience that does consume them really takes to heart how much effort and love went into that fucking tribute. Because boy, let me tell you, DMX is so foundational to hip hop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know what I mean, like. Cool Herc is is like an originator, uh, a founding father, but there is foundational rappers that rap would not be what it is today without. Absolutely, you know what I mean. Your your Juicy J's, <laughs> your your DMX's, your Nas's, your Biggies, oh, your yeah. J's, you know what I mean. Um, um, and and even to some degree, Trick Daddy. You know <laughs> Bro, what I mean? You trick know daddy, yo, my nigga, that was a like that was a bringing that style of southern rap to the mainstream he yeah. didn't originate it but bringing it to the mainstream in a way that uncle Love luke was never accepted you know what i mean yeah in a way that in, in a way that empowered women because no matter how misogynist you want to say trick was he empowered trina and, yeah. and he brought a black woman along with him and so that Hell is yeah. that deserves a a, a a lauding as well you know what i mean and so yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to 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 big up when it comes to those foundational rappers. And I hope that these young niggas really take to heart why people love DMX so much, why the industry loved X so much.
1: Yo, I saw online the other day, Anderson Silva was doing a tribute to DMX. And that was that that blew my mind, man. But it sort of makes sense because, you know, he, he uses him as his fight music, but, like... Oh, yeah. That's how far, like, he reaches, man, like, Yo, across my nigga, the world.
0: When I was in Japan, in 2007, I took a trip to Japan. And when I was walking through the subway, who were the Japanese kids bumping on their boombox? <laughs> other than DMX, it was... It's dark and hell is hot.
1: Hell, yeah.
0: You know what I mean? Like, that shit was hilarious because I started rapping the lyrics to them, and they looked at me like I had ten heads. Like, like, like DMX just walked up to them out of nowhere and started rapping to them. It was hilarious. But anyway, yeah, it was, yeah, it was like you it's know. what I mean? Dark
1: and Hell is Hot is like one of the first albums that I like. I memorized like a grip of it. Man. Yeah,
0: significant. Even there though I, so I, like I
1: didn't know what the fuck I was saying back then because I was way no. too
0: young to contextualize. Ninety. You know what? Honestly, it. not for nothing. This is fucked up. And I'm, and I'm, I'm I, even I in retrospect can see that this is fucked up. I related so heavily to the pain that DMX felt and was expressing in his music. Of all the things that I revisit and still have the same perspective on, it's his music. When I listen to Slippin', I have the same feeling that I did when I was a kid to the point where I try not to listen to it because it makes me wanna, it makes, makes me well up a little bit. It's a hurtful. If anything, now you
1: have more of a connection to it because there's actually real life moments that would fit that song
0: perfectly. You know, and so yeah, that you know, it's weird. It's weird that Dmx is one of the few artists that I consumed as a child, that I consume today, and he still produces the same feeling in me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. But yeah, shout out to Dmx. Big ups, big ups, big ups. Um, what else been going on? There hasn't been too much going on in the in the entertainment sphere. I got a there's a bunch of of kind of uh depressing shit. Yeah, let's go ahead and just get it done with then. Uh, so I saw this come across the the feed. Oh, you know, speaking of the feed, man, what up with Twitter, man? What happened? They trying to they're, so Twitter has changed their API to where it will no longer load a pay their page if you have ad block on. That's awkward. My nigga, I just deleted Twitter. <laughs> I'm like, if they figure that shit out, that's awesome. I'll, I'll jump back on. I didn't, you know what I mean? But I just deleted not the all today. shortcuts I have to Twitter because that, that's just one thing I'm not going to do. That's one thing that, I, that my life has taught me. When the chick says take off the condom, it's usually because she's trying to trap you. It's a trap. I am not taking off my prophylactic. That ad block keeps me safe. It keeps all the viruses away. You know what I mean? Please
1: whitelist me. Yeah, nah, b.
0: I don't even. Yo, I wouldn't know how to whitelist you, my nigga. I don't whitelist. I don't poke holes in my condom. I don't do that. It's not a practice that I that I that I picked up as a kid. I promise.
1: I I promise. There are no virus or ads here. It's cool. You can trust me,
0: bro. I just I was it, it sucked because I one thing I did like Twitter for is that it gave me food to research because you cannot take Twitter's word for. Anything that you see on it. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Because the likelihood is that you're, you're viewing it from someone who already agrees with you. <laughs> but Twitter does aggregate the shit people are talking about. And so it will give you tons of things that you should look into. And so I, that's what I really enjoyed Twitter for is that it gave me tons of, of shit to, to, to then go and look up and figure out and determine whether, you know, this person who I've been following is full of shit or not. You know what I mean? Like, it was really good for that if you knew how to use it. Um, but, yeah, nah, it, all of that being said, if I can't use it with my ad block, I'm out. Period. <laughs> so that shit. That's that, how Hulu
1: lost me. I heard Hulu got a great catalog. But they still got
0: commercials. Oh yeah, no, 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 and and that's why I was like, yo, HBO Max was like, yo, you you can watch this with commercials for cheaper. I was like, I'm good, <laughs> yo, yeah. HBO Max. What are you talking about? What are you right talking now? about? By G. What are you
1: talking about right now,
0: nigga? You could raise the no, pr- no. I'm not saying that. <laughs> yo, get do rid that of shit.
1: that. I would not even know why you're telling me about that ad package, bro. Just bro, skip right over that shit.
0: You know, and and but what scares me is that I'm a minority, and that there's a lot of people. That, oh yeah, there's
1: a market for it for sure, yo. Because it's, because to them it's the same
0: as TV, right?
1: TV is like yeah. that. So what's the difference?
0: Yeah, see, it, it surprised me, Carolina's reaction to how viscerally I react to commercials. Like I literally hate commercials. I oh, talk yeah, through every yeah. commercial sure. I see, I, and I sure. and I berate the people in the commercial. Sure. I say I I and and so she's like, "Yo, you really just don't like watching commercials." Like no, I will talk through every single one of these. I don't want to hear it. The reason
1: why I don't watch Hulu is because every time a commercial came up, I'd have to get up and mute the, mute the fucking TV until the commercial was done. It wasn't was worth done. it. And it was too much work. It was too much work. I'd have to keep track of the commercial visually because I'm not really hearing it now. And then it's just too much back and forth. It's, just, it's,
0: I just, it's, it's so ridiculous dream. that, you know, the ad-based model is all they're willing to do. They are only <laughs> willing to make revenue off of the ad-based model. Fuck the produce content model. Netflix is literally the only one willing to do that. And they can't even do it in a profitable manner. You know what I mean? That's not to say that Netflix doesn't produce good stuff and that... But they're not profitable.
1: I like how Netflix... Don't don't even try me, Netflix. Don't even bother with that shit. Netflix didn't even bring that to us not once. No, nope.
0: <laughs> They know better.
1: Mm-mm. We'll just go ahead and raise your price, dog. We'll yeah. just go ahead and raise the price. Thank you.
0: And, and honestly... <laughs> I appreciate that. Just be upfront with me and say, you know what, we ain't making a not a dime off this shit, so we gotta raise your price. All right. I actually value what you do, so I'll be the one to determine that. Now, mind you, I'm on a month by month with Netflix because those motherfuckers be producing some shit that may be making me want to go out in the streets. But. But speaking of that though
1: um oh yeah did we talk about that this new cowboy movie that's coming out on Netflix with No Ed you know Zelda? what there's
0: actually you know what we didn't before we go off into all this other shit because that's going to be depressing enough let's talk about the pre uh the the trailers cuz i've been talking about how good this next half of the the movie season is going to be let's talk about some of them so what is it called again it's called um,
1: all right, I'm gonna look that one up. Yeah, Jay Z it, directed it's got, it. Uh,
0: Idris it, it, Elba. Idris Elba's in it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, um,
1: Regina King.
0: Regina, yeah. Let's see. What's it what's called? It's a call right here. It's funny because the name, I had an issue finding the name when I first heard about it because I heard Feel about me? it.
1: Assholes. It's, it's like when they're like, oh, this person just won an award. I like, know. Who it, is what is pisses he? me
0: off is that they're selling it on Jay Z's name and the not take. on the. It's called The, the Take? The Take. Yeah. Yo, and what's the catchphrase? You gotta admit, I'm lightning with the blam blam. (laughs) All right, all right. I do ascribe to the to the to the idea that black people swag everything out, but this nigga better stick the landing,
1: bro. He better stick the landing. I'm so excited for it, and like an all black cowboy, like an all black all star cowboy movie. I'm so like, I'm 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 excited for that, especially because uh, Black Dynamite was supposed to do that for us, but. That shit ain't come out yet. I'm pretty sure Black Diamond. Yeah, isn't too. it
0: still? Isn't it, oh, absolutely. They they, they announced that pro- production, but whatever happened to it? I hadn't heard shit. Yeah, it's same. The I don't think
1: they've released it yet. Mm-mm. But this one looks pretty dope, man. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but check it out. It's the it's got it's got one of the dopest like um uh uh prison break seeds I've seen in a while. It was that was definitely swagged out. That was that was the fuck. I like that.
0: So I'm so. looking forward to it. Um, yeah, key Stanfield's in it. Like, yeah, Yo, it's got all the names. Out of it's got all the names. Beyonce's probably involved with the music. You know, It's probably oh going to have God. all of it. It's genius. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know.
1: And uh, speaking of Mo Blackness, there was also the Candyman 2. You saw the that? The Candyman
0: ahead. 2 trailer looks fucking stupid, my G. Yes, it looks super Now, dope. mind you, I have, I have sat through the whole Candyman movie, but I've never watched the whole Candyman movie. That movie <laughs> scared me so fucking bad that there's huge chunks of that movie that I literally closed my eyes and hummed through as a kid. Mind you, I wasn't an adult. Nah, that's fair, man. Like, that shit was fucking frightening and horrific to me.
1: Nightmare on Elm Street and Child's Play scarred
0: me for at least like 10 years. Oh, Child's Play, years. another one. Nightmare at on Elm like Street. At least like 10 years. Absolutely. Bro. Actually, Nightmare on Elm Street actually almost gave me insomnia for a week yep it gave me definitely gave me insomnia for like two nights yo my nigga I did that, when i when that scene where johnny depp gets pulled through the
1: bed Oh uh, my, nigga. No, no, no. my mom
0: had my mom said that i literally sat there and fell asleep for three days sitting up in a chair because i wouldn't lay down in the bed to go to sleep <laughs> to the point where my father had to spank me to go to bed because i would refuse to like I fight them going like, and it's like, yo, my nigga, you're spanking me and you're not even acknowledging that I'm yo, scared of something. Right? You showed just, me, I, asshole. I was just
1: thinking about that. I was like Jamaican parents, like Yannick's got one solution to everything, right?
0: You know what I mean? But anyway, let, let's not, let's not re, <laughs> re- recap reopen that. Reopen old foods. Yeah, you know I mean, reopen <laughs> it old for no damn reason, but yeah. Well, yeah, Candyman. Um, Candyman trailer. This,
1: this one looks pretty gangster. It looks man. really, really
0: good. Um, executive Jordan produced Peel.
1: by Jordan Peele. Yep. Yes, sir. Um, Looks like they're definitely kind of Tying the old one to something new is kind of what they the are, feeling I got from the trailer. I read
0: the um uh, an article on it. It absolutely does now. He can't create canon with that world because he doesn't own uh, that part of the property, but he can pull a Xenosaga and just allude everything to it. <laughs> you reuse the characters and everything, images of the characters. It's crazy, like. That's why I hate IP right now. Like we got to yeah. figure this IP shit out because it's yeah. just it's silly. Licensing
1: anyway. between is really like hitting fucking up creativity. Yeah, he's right like
0: that. licensed and doesn't own it, so he can use the pictures but can't create mythos. And it's like what? <laughs> you don't want one of the best world builders to add to your mythos? You're fucking idiots! Like it's but just. But that's a, corporate a lot of thing. times. It's because it.
1: if it's owned, if the copyright is owned by multiple people. That's Mm -hmm. when it gets really difficult because one person will be like, yeah, for sure. The other person will be like, no. Oh, yeah.
0: The the 80s and 90s in in cartoons prove that. Because trying to port cartoons from places where they were successful to other parts of the world uh, created a lot of copyright issues and international copyright issues. And so it it made the the industry averse to doing things like that, that have multiple avenues of ownership, much less multiple avenues of ownership that could happen across nation boundaries that shit just isn't their thing they don't do that if they can help it oh, that's an expensive uh lawyer fee man oh yeah oh yeah multiple lawyer fee because mm-hmm. you need one in where you are and one in where you're at or where you're going yeah
1: but that one looks super dope man dope super dope i
0: saw the shang chi trailer oh what the shang chi trailer yo. totally like yo what, they, what they're doing with that story is so amazing because I, it's, it's zero reminiscence to the old Chang chi Yeah, it has very little. That and I think like they learned from, it the, from the ground up. I, I feel like they learned from Iron Fist and was like, mm, we don't have to just do the same story. We don't have to just do the same story. We don't could me. just remake the, the certain characters that didn't have a large enough following to begin with. That's the beauty of using our underused characters. Hell yeah! And once again, they nailed it. Nailed it. I, sure. I just if they took that trailer and gave me five-minute scenes of everything in that trailer, and made, and that was the movie, I'd be 1,000% satisfied, <laughs> 9 out of 10. Cleanly, bro. Like, there's not a single so, scene in that trailer that I didn't want to see flesh.
1: You feel me? I'm so very, like, excited to see where all that shit goes. Like, what's up with that dragon on the water? Bro, was that Fusogu? Uh, I'm not
0: sure. Um, I, I don't know, actually. Because no the clue. thing is, is that they took the Mandarin out of The Legend of five, Ten Rings, which he's part of that. So I don't know where... Because Salu is also... No, it's not Fusalu, it's, um
1: Oh, you mean Fing Fang Foom? Fing Fang
0: Foom, not Fusalu. Um, um, they
1: were saying that it's probably not... I mean, I don't know. I've heard a couple of things, right? Apparently, there's a a, spoil, a toy spoiler uh, out of a dragon from that movie, and it's named something else. Oh. So they're saying it's it might not be. Fig I thankful, love them toy spoilers because they're they always accurate. <laughs> yeah, you feel me? <laughs> there's there's um, there's one for for Loki that I didn't mention too, but I didn't look it up because because I don't want it to spoil. Yeah, you I, I'm interested to see how they.
0: I want to give them that chance.
1: But yeah, so I'm I'm not sure, but. Oh, my God, the martial arts, bro. It looks oh like they're goodness. doing the fights, like, legit. It looks like they're yo, doing... Yo, my nigga,
0: the point where... And this is in the trailer, so I don't care. i want to say it. Um, the point where, where his father was like, I told my men they couldn't kill you if they tried." <laughs> I'm glad I was right. I was like, my nigga. My nigga. <laughs> that, so that shit cool. was so hard, yo. That shit was gangster, but yeah.
1: And to a lesser extent, have you seen
0: um, the new Snake Eyes trailer for G.I. Joe? I have. I have. Um, they're going to have to. St- I'm, that one I'm going to reserve all judgment for because the, if you remember the old two thousand mid 2000s J.I. Uh, uh, F- G- 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 Joes had amazing trailers <laughs> and it was <laughs> a trash movie. Facts. Trash bag Facts. movie. It did all of your most hated trope, which is the dark fucking dark combat scenes. And it's like. Don't put your combat scenes in the dark. What the fuck, man? They did, did that on like three of the major fight scenes. Star War in the dark. Wayans. I'm sorry? Star And I love Wayans Marlon Wayans, which hero. is another reason why I felt so duped. Because it didn't even use his acting skills. You know what I mean? But the, and, and I don't know why Marlon keep doing that, man. He's like the reverse Chadwick Boseman. That nigga <laughs> chooses the up. worst fucking roles, bro. That's fucked up. But he's the most talented act uh, comedian slash actor slash whatever he wants to uh, uh, call himself. He's an amazing performer, but he chooses the worst roles. And I'm just like, what's wrong with you, bro? <laughs> Are you like, do you just trust your agent and your agent's a shitwad? Nah, he just likes them roles, man. the well. But yeah man, I call that nigga the reverse shadowing moves. Well, Marlon is more about owning his shit than anything else. Though, Absolutely you know? cuz he did scary that scary story, he did the paranormal mm-hmm. um activity parodies and mm-hmm. those all got um he owns all that yep. and they were very good. So Williams, they're about owning them? He movies. only does good stuff for himself, I have realized. <laughs> his stuff is always really good cuz he cuz that's the stuff he writes. Yeah. Other, why can't other people write him? That don't even make sense.
1: I mean, it's the role you're auditioning for at that point, they're not really writing for him, you know? True, true, true.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I don't think else? they, cause like, you know, they, I think it's a minority of roles that are written with someone in, in mind. Yeah, very I do much know that so. some of them exist. It's pretty rare, yeah. But it's very rare.
1: Well, because it's like, it's, um, because it's like a wish list type deal, right? Yeah. Even if you do write it for that person in mind, whether or not they'll accept it, whether or not they'll have time in your schedule to be able to do it at the right time. I love time. the
0: stories where it happens though, where the person's oh, like, yeah. I was invited to an audition and there was no one there. And I like, no, <laughs> wrote this for you. And I'm like, ah, shit. Because then that gives Ghost the actor like, that extra battery in their back. Like, oh, this is me. So yep. then they're going to trust what I do with it, type of thing. You know what I mean? So what you bring to the role, they wrote it for you to bring that to it. So yeah. they got they they got all of the the energy, but yeah, there's uh, Dad. Black Widows new, coming out. What's up? Did you see the new Halloween trailer? I didn't see that yet. I didn't see that. yet. I'm gonna have to check that out though, cause I like the Halloween um lore. The Halloween lore is solid.
1: That one was pretty interesting. They're bringing back um Jamie Lee Curtis for this one, so that's pretty dope. Dang, and it picks one... up right from when like Wait, she's like legit, legit old fire. now though. Uh she's yeah like yeah. Old. I would
0: say um she was doing Activia 50s, commercials. 50s? My she. No, right? I think she's in her sixties. Mid to late 60s
1: I mean she carries it well I'm not I'm sure not Oh no sure. she you absolutely I mean? does she, And that is just not a,
0: a A statement Holy shit through. you
1: write 62 According yeah. to Wikipedia
0: Yeah That makes sense Um, That's what I'm saying Because I remember Having a crush on Jamie Lee Curtis When I was young And she was already A full adult Like grown yeah. ass woman Like and, um, older than my mom In <laughs> true lies You know what I mean So yeah
1: But <sighs> that shit was crazy There was one thing I didn't like about that Because I'm like Um so it, it opens with like Jason in a burning building and like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is being rescued with a bunch of people and they're driving away from the fire. And as she sees the 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 fire trucks going towards the house, she's like, No, let him burn. Yeah. <laughs> and so they cut over to the fucking building and Jason's like getting up out of there. But I'm like, these goofy ass firemen are just standing around, hey, what are you what are you doing? He's just coming out of the fire. Oh, he's
0: murdering me. Yeah. No, if I saw a nigga stand up and and walk towards me in the fire, I would have
1: dipped. I would have pinned it. And in the next scene, he has a, a he's using their saw and he's sawing one of them into him like, yo, for real. So all y'all just let this one dude walk up and use blunt weapons to take down all four of you. Is that what, is that what just happened? But apparently
0: he's super powered, so it's not I mean, you could to... hit him with the water cannon. That'll blow him off his feet. I'm sorry. You can be as strong as you want to be, but that water cannon, will it'll break Facts, walls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's just going to blow you back, my nigga. You can't come in at me like that with that shit. That's why it takes three niggas to hold that shit. Nah, son. Not
1: Mike. Oh, not Mike mine. But uh, it looks like he's going through and he's delivering some,
0: some interesting kills. So, all right, should, all right. should be, that should be fun. That should be that's fun. what's up, and then I think the most the, the closest one to come out. Well, we got Eternals, and that had a really good uh, preview a little while back. But Black Widow is about to yeah. drop. Yeah, what in a, in another week and a half. So yeah, yeah it's right around the same time. Um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be I think a really solid movie. I I I want to see how they develop the whole White Widow storyline. Mm-hmm. How they you know, I, I've always liked her her backstory, just the assassin backstory. You know what I mean? Like that's always been a trope that that sits well with me. I so can't yeah. wait to
1: see how they tie it into the rest of the Marvel universe. Nowadays, that I feel like that's oh, really. you are gonna have tie in. I mean, it's gotta be. It's not standalone. You know what I mean? So I feel like they've gotta at least they gotta throw some kind of nugget Man, in everything there. Everything has you know? a
0: nugget, right? Because honestly, like, yeah. I, I would prefer that this be like the solo movie. You know how the solo movie. It ties in, but it doesn't tie into anything in the future. It only ties into things you've already seen.
1: Right, right.
0: That I'm cool with. I don't. I mean, wanna,
1: they I, might. I, that I might be this. how they do it, where yeah. it only the um like the ending credit would tie into something. Okay. That the post credit right. only probably only the pr- post credit scene would um tie into the yeah, future.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm totally cool with Black Widow because she's dead. You yeah. know what I mean? Like because her I, time
1: like, ended quite would, a while back.
0: Yeah, and this would be closure to that storyline. You know what I mean? Because she died with a lot of open questions. This movie could just cap that off. And it's fine. Oh, you know, actually, wrong with
1: that. Um, I haven't seen uh Falcon and Winter Soldier yet, but apparently they set up Madame Hydra, don't they? Cause remember, um yes, Julia they Louis do. Dreyfus yes, plays her. Yeah. So that who? could be Julia oh, yes, Louis yes, Dreyfus. Yes, yes,
0: Madame Hydra, yeah. Oh, that's who that was. Okay. Yeah. Actually didn't realize that, Veep that was a good one.
1: Field. But um uh it would be really dope if I, I can see them setting the I can see the She's Black the one Widow who movie. US
0: agent, by the way. If you're wondering who which character we're talking about in Falcon and Winter Soldier, she's the one who recruits Winter Soldier at the end of the season. Yeah. Um so
1: it could be uh I was thinking that they would they would use the the Black Widow mi- movie to set up White Widow and then in present Oh, well, they're definitely day, setting up White Widow.
0: Her oh. um
1: her next bad guy would be the Madame Hydra and her agency.
0: All right. I, I mean I could dig that. I just I just don't I don't want them to force a tie in to the Greater Galactic Marvel MCU. Um because it's doing fine, and the more you strain plot lines like that, I think they become a bit contrived. And twenty years in, I think well, we're going to get some to of those. Me, I don't later. think
1: that that's the reason why I don't think that's going to happen is because the entire thing is written out and, and ready already. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When we see it, it's already been planned out. It's not like oh, yeah, anything's yeah, 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 being yeah. tacked on mm-hmm. at the end, like they usually do.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I apologize. That's not. I, I hope that they didn't choose to take that route from the origination to. Because yes, you're absolutely right. This is preordained to say the least. <laughs> it has it has been written, as they like to say. But um yeah, by the time was filmed, that. that shit's been set in stone for years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um all right, let's go ahead and just get into the news so we can wrap for today. Um this one came across the feed and I thought that it was a little bit weird. I'll start heading back to that topic. Um so I reported recently that uh African countries have been working to receive reparations from their European counterparts for uh, their colonial history well one of the the leaders who he was a leader of the Herero tribe who actually was part of the litigation I believe is a lawyer as well who was part of the team that won uh, a judgment for reparations just mysteriously up and died out of nowhere and so it's, it's a pretty rare thing and the fact that even in a situation where he had access to modern medicine, it was a mysterious death <laughs> <laughs> shit feels real nothing to see up. here
1: guys nothing to see here this is totally normal happens all the time
0: and so yeah, it really reminded me a lot about uh, of how like watchmen portrayed the way that people would react after reparations happened it's like w- if this is some kind of... And this is purely conjecture, conspiracy theory, call it whatever you want. I have no evidence or proof of this. But it just got my mind thinking, like, if there was foul play involved with this, like, how shitty of a person do you have to be to lose, in, you know, the public eye, you know, on the idea of, well, you wrong these people, you should repay them, commit to the repayment, and then murder them. Like, that's some fucked up shit. But it reminds me of, like, how in Watchmen they everyone viewed the red forations as like a you know a disparaging thing like oh you started that bake that bakery red forations didn't you and it's like and so what if i did you owed me that money Damn bitch. right. you know what i mean like it was my money hey, whether or not you're mad about having to give it back to me is, is irrelevant it's money i should have had and moreover i should have had more money than this just based on interest alone cuz if i had it or if my grand my ancestors had it when it was supposedly due to them, today it would be worth more. But you're so racist that you think that we would have just shitted away, right? We would have spent it on gold chains back in the 1800s, right? <laughs> Fucking idiots, no. We would have actually had the kind of communities that wouldn't, you know, perpetuate self-defeating ideologies, like spend all your money on frivolous gold. You know what I mean? Like, hey, all of this shit that you perpetrate on black people as a racist person are the byproducts of being raised in that in that environment you know what i mean and so the fact that people really even after the the reparations argument is settled still have animosity towards the people that even your legal system has proven that you've wronged is crazy to me it's like that kind of obstinance like how do you create a unified world in that presence that's my question genuine ass question how do you create a unified society when there's some people who are so married to their own malfeasance that they would rather literally die or you die than really own their mistake? I I I I, I pose that to anybody who has a genuine answer to it because that is something that we need to 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 reconcile before we even get to the place where, okay, let's try to work out some of human problems. We'll never work out human problems as long as there is a substantial amount of people who have that kind of vitriol just brewing inside them. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, I just... It's it's real depressing, you know what I mean? Because it was such a high moment and such a great thing to report back on that, you know, there's going to... I think it was like one point something billion dollars of investment that will go into... African infrastructure paid through reparations, not foreign investment, which means that in the end, the Africans would own that infrastructure. And that's the shit that I'm talking about where I'm like, fuck Chinese investment because in the end of it, guess who owns it? China. You know what I mean? And then the African nations are going to have to nationalize those things and then upset all of their international trade partners. No, it's not a good way of investing in developing nations. The better way is to let, you know, get a divestment scheme that allows them to own that infrastructure in the end. That's the only beneficial way to develop, to, to invest in developing nations. So I was really happy when I read that story initially, but now it seems like they're going to make it a very fraught field. You know what I mean? And, and that sucks. That sucks. You see people doing good work and they're, they're assailed for, for doing that good work. And it's like, man, you know, it's really uh, a shitty, shitty place that 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 we've gotten to as a, as a global society, where that's how international relations seems to be uh, uh, developing. Countries will only give back in, in in ways in which you know they can use the back part of their hand to to slap you with. You know, they're never just gonna they're never just gonna acquiesce to the to the wrongs that they've done. But yeah that that was kind of fucked up when i saw that come across um also hong kong so so people have started fleeing hong kong at this point china has done full-blown crackdown so think taiwan think tibet think uh 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 all of the northern regions of, of china that were recently added to the empire the, all of those brutal terrible uh uh forms of of repression and assimilation that China did in those areas has come to Hong Kong, which is fucking crazy because all of those other countries are rural. None of those other countries had the kind of infrastructure to resist China and they've always been able to impress them. And when I say impress, I mean impose their will on them because the international community is very very classist. And anytime you have a developed nation claiming to bring you know, democracy or whatever their form of government is to a less developed nation, the UN typically sides with the more developed nation. And that's how the international community is, has, has addressed most of, of China's imperialist goals around the world. But now they are impressing their will upon democratic cities that have, that have not broken any of the laws of the Commonwealth. So pretty much this is going to set the stage for how China will, will deal with all of their contingent uh, uh, partners. Uh, any country that borders China now should be looking at Hong Kong and realizing, like, okay, they're about to do this to us. They are about to do this to us. and they And based on the ideology that they espouse mainly the idea that Chinese interest, the Chinese national interest is the only interest to consider, then why wouldn't they take over their smaller next door neighbor trading partners? Why wouldn't they encroach on them? Because the only interest that matters is the Chinese national interest. And it is in the Chinese national interest to take over those trading partners because then they can once again more easily enforce their will on them why trade with somebody who has free will when you can trade with someone who has to do whatever you say and so yes it sounds like i'm over here fear-mongering but this is how these things develop there is a historical reference for this we there's a there's a huge international entity similar to, to to china right now called the u.n and what they end up doing is that they are a trade block that prioritizes their trade rights over all other all other international interests and so they do things like they encroach closer and closer to russia not because they want to take russia over but because it's in their it's in their best financial interest to have their trade partners assimilated into their whole and that is how you gain in china's path forward they have always stated they are going to try to take an economic path forward, and so if we just look at how large international entities tend to increase their trade influence, it's by assimilating their closest trade partners until they're big enough to impose their will more dominantly on the on the global markets at, at, uh, as they stand. And so, like, yeah, it's just we got to look at Hong Kong and, and realize the the great disservice that's happening to the the idea of democratic nations in our world, the idea that citizens citizens should have input into their governments. That is an idea that's going by the wayside. And if we're just gonna let China become the unchecked superpower, they're going to impose a world around us in which they do not respect democracy. It's just one of those things. It's not because they're evil or any, they just do not possess a societal structure that values the democracies of other countries and so they will impose their will on anyone who is a valid trade partner and one of the first things they're going to do is subvert that democracy because that democracy represents the biggest threat to them imposing their trade will on other countries and so you know it's, it's one of those things man it, the writing on the wall looks real bad and i know i've been doing a lot of 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 uh prognosticating this episode. But um, yeah, it, it, it's because I hate making mistakes that I had very clear, you know, roadmaps to circumvent. I hate when we go down the same road and make the same mistakes as a people. You know what I mean? As individuals, that's part of your own your own uh personal growth. But as a society, it really is very stupid for us to make the same mistakes you know, feel different, feel better, feel, you know, you know, you learn more. That's just how it works. You got to fail different if you want to fail better because you're always going to fail at something. It's just a byproduct of doing new things. And so, yeah, you know, as a society, we got to we got to look at what's happening and at least use a little bit of our past our past experience to kind of head off the obvious issues, especially when the the powers that are that are that are uh, enacting these large scale uh, movements are like like the like governments of the world. They're they're not doing anything to assuage the problems that originally came about when these kind of things happen, like with large expansions of 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 ethnocentric empires. China doesn't give a shit about what anyone else historically did with their large expansion of ethnic empires. They don't give a shit. They're not going to learn from their mistakes. You know what I mean? And so that's a problem because there has been that before. You know, we see what happens when we see what kind of societal problems come about from the ramifications of colonialism and imperialism. Look at what happened to Jamaica. You know what I mean? Jamaica has tons of social problems that originate because of its colonization because of the 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 of the separation of the people and because of the class structures imposed on them and taught to them from the from from westerners so it's it's you know let let's learn from those kind of mistakes but china is pretty dead set on repeating all of them i mean the only thing that they haven't repeated is the large scale military proliferation it's the only thing that china hasn't done that is pretty much the same as the rest of of the uh of the empire builders that have been throughout history but yeah there was that um here we'll, we'll bring in stateside and, and wrap it up with a couple of things that came across the stateside feed so so talking about destroying um democracy america is america is well on its way to do uh, a decisive blow to what they consider one of the biggest democracies in the world because at this point the 2020 election is still being publicly debated, which is madness. That's that's utter that's utterly crazy. I mean, international observers, domestic observers, there has been no evidence of the malfeasance in which they are claiming and when I say they, the people who are objecting against the election, there is no evidence of the malfeasance that they that they're claiming happened. I mean, they checked for uh uh fibers of bamboo be- Uh, on ballots because they said they were sent to China. They were checking for uh, all kinds of weird shit. You know what I mean? That that could show proof that the ballots were tampered with. Don't exist, obviously. To the point now where they are transporting the legal, physical ballots to secret laboratories in Montana for testing. At this point, you have officially gone away from democracy because it's a secret ballot. There's no such thing as democracy in secret ballot. Once you have taken the physical ballots and decided you will remove them from the public view and put them in a place where now you can just say whatever you want about them without any proof of what's happened, you've lost all semblance of democracy. You know what I mean? I genuinely cannot. I can't take anyone seriously who thinks that without dealing with the fact that the Republicans have created an atmosphere where they can now delegitimize any any election by just taking the ballots and moving them to an undisclosed location. They have the fact that Democrats aren't up in arms and, 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 and raising the alarm with this means that a, that they are part and parcel. This is a bipartisan effort, effort to destroy democracy. And B, this country is moving towards the police state. Like we, I think that we're maybe we're less than 10 years out from the police state. I genuinely believe that because If you are going to, I mean, just okay. Tyler, our our regular friend of of the show, Tyler Perez, he posted on Instagram a picture of a tank on his street. This nigga lives in downtown, bro. Yeah, I saw the photos, too. A tank on his street for one of his neighbors. A tank is a weapon of war. What in the world could be happening in a residential downtown l a home that requires a tank that that if it required a tank, how did they manage to 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 subdue it without destroying that whole building like if you bring a tank in clearly your your opposition has big guns so clear, it was an intimidation obviously, but we live in the police state they have the police in order they have subverted all of the uh of the uh of the democracy. They've created a a social atmosphere in which the people are completely distrusting of each other. I mean, look at it. Okay. 60% of America has been vaccinated at this point. If you haven't been vaccinated, you're probably not going to get vaccinated, but yet they've created an atmosphere where that 60% of vaccinated people are now ostracizing the other 40%. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that most other countries that have gone into civil war didn't have that big of a... Dis- like, they were nowhere near 40-60 on, on on public issues. They were more like, you know, 15% were, were, were part and parcel to this minority ideology, and they caused the civil war, impressing upon the majority, a war. You know what I mean? And so if we're at a point where 40% of the public is just completely and utterly disassociated with 60% of the public, and they're going to try to have a unified governance? Man, let me tell you this much. There was less slave owners, in percentage-wise, when the Civil War started. Less of... There was less people directly benefiting from plantation slavery in terms of, like, the people who lived and had and owned slaves. There was less of them... Percentage-wise than there are in terms of the dichotomy of American politics. So the the divide in America was was the, the vast majority of people didn't want slavery anymore because even if they didn't care about the slaves, they realized the economic instability that slavery was causing for themselves. Like they couldn't make money because they were competing with slave labor. And so the vast majority of people wanted slavery gone. And it, that caused a civil war. So if the vast majority, I mean, if if there's actually no vast majority in terms of this split, which is going to, I mean, it's going to get to the point soon where you're going to need a car, a vaccine card to do anything in public. And at that point, you're ostracizing a huge subsection of the public. That's going to cause the unrest and all, and, and, and all of these things that are going to only be used to further validate the police state that they've been putting in. Because when people are put into these kind of pressurized uh, situations, they don't have access to public services, they end up committing crime. That's how crime is created. Not just the, because of some bad people, but because of the conditions that people are put in that encourage them to commit crime. And so... Yeah, they're just going to... The, the situation at hand is only going to breed the kind of validation that, you know, people in power, I'm, I'm assuming politicians, government officials, want to validate the police state that they've already instated. The, the, the fact that, you know, they were able to do it so deftly. I mean, Obama snuck all those tanks into the police departments without very much fuss from the people. There was a little bit of fuss, but not very much fuss. And, you know... Since then, they've been slowly and surely giving the police the power to use those things. Repealing the rights of the public. You know what I mean? And then once they've done that to a sufficient degree, they're just going to... The, the the public vote will be co- completely irrelevant. Because even if you want to vote, you're going to have to go through a liege of, of militarized police. And who's going to want to do that? People don't want to vote as it is. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, it, it's... It's it's not a good look, really, really, really not a good look. And and so yeah, you you have militarization of the police, obfuscation of 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 democracy through through the the mishandling of ballots. Like that's the easiest way to subvert de- democracy. Like if you don't believe that the ballot that you submit will make it to the a valid counter, that is the easiest way to get someone to say ah fuck voting. Why would I vote? Why would I vote if I don't genuinely believe that the ballot will make it to someone who's going to genuinely count it? You know what I mean? Like, that's the best way. Don't take, you don't got to, you don't have to, you don't have to suppress voting rights to stop people from voting. You just got to get them to stop believing in the system. Yeah, just
1: destroy the confidence in the system. Period. Makes people
0: less likely to engage with it. Yeah, and so, you know, I think that the, the only difference in the Democrats is that they would like to keep the illusion of the system. Republicans are willing to just shit all over the system because they're at a point where they're such a, a minority in terms of political power that they, the system no longer works in their best interest. Yeah,
1: they're going, it's all or nothing.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and I really hate this idea of closing the door behind you because it seems like that's what they're doing. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got what we wanted from the system. Now let's just burn it down. And it's like, wow, I guess. But, you know, and it's only because when you do that, you guarantee that it will never get better. It'll never change from what you've made it. And it's like, but why do you, you know, why are people so so hard set on immortalizing their shitty their shitty behavior?
1: You know? And You yeah. just got to look at them as opposition. You got to look at they them are. as a way to immortalize your exceptional behavior by foiling them at what they're
0: doing. I like where your head's at. I actually fuck with that heavy. I like For that thought.
1: It's like my uncle says, you know, I'm like an airplane, the more resistance, the higher I fly.
0: Mm, mm. Yo, white Jamaicans got the best aphorisms. <clears throat> Jamaicans got the best aphorisms, yo. But yeah, you know, we'll just go ahead. We'll wrap on that because nobody needs any more depressing news for today. But yeah, you know, prognosticating into the future uh, can be a hopeful or a dismal endeavor. But uh, you know, I try not to let it get me out of my out of my optimistic head. You know what I mean? But yeah, let's go ahead and wrap up on that. Uh, You can find us on the social medias. I'm on Twitter at Karee underscore T and at home Heron. But we'll see what happens with Twitter. And we're on Instagram (laughs) at Heron's Home Podcast. (laughs) What's that?
1: Twitter pending.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And you can find me on Instagram at Rico underscore G sound.
0: Yes, sir. And always remember, time is only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever really will learn from. Thanks for joining us, guys, and have a great one.
1: Peace. Take it easy.